time for the word? I've been talking about this table all night long. Hey, I ain't ashamed. I'm 71 years old. Sometimes things don't stick no more. <laughs> no, I turned this shit. Thank God for Elder Otis. God bless you. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to pray in a minute. Uh, please have your seats. Truly, it is good to uh, be among the saints one more time. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, so much for this opportunity to share with you. And I just know that this is a confirmed word because it's been confirmed by two elders this morning through all prayer right. all morning long and throughout all the right. week. Well, three elders because came in the barbershop throwing it at me, too. I just don't know why that uh, God wants you guys to hear this, but I'm excited to be able to share this with you this morning. But before I get into that, I just want to share a testimony. You know, I just really love, I missed Bible studies. You know, we had Bible studies together. We used to have a little testimony service, and I, I love that because God is always doing something. You know what I mean? And I absolutely love to hear the testimonies of the saints of what God is doing because, you know, we need that, that pick-me-up, you know what I mean? Because we know God is still doing great things, but we like to hear things along the way. We know that he did it in his word. We know that he's still producing miracles. But what about in our everyday lives, you know? And I've had some great testimonies over the years, but I'm always asking God, can I get one more recent <laughs> and help me to recognize it when it comes? So I want to share two testimonies with you guys, if you don't mind. I was, uh, and please excuse me, I like to move around. Um, I was um, uh, behind the chair, and I'm writing this book. I was going to change, I was going to change his name, but I was going to be like a, a Confessions of a Barber or whatever, but I changed the name to Behind the Chair. So I got like 70 st 77 stories of uh, different uh, opportunities or meetings I've had with people, which is uh, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm excited to have this book out one day, and I'm going to keep on writing. But uh, this particular time, I was in the barbershop. And uh, this young man, young sailor, he came in, and uh, what I really love, it really does my heart good, is when I can meet somebody who has never heard the Word of God ever. So it is like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, Dad, you know what I mean? Because I'm going to tell them message style, Elder John, you know what I mean? I'm going to give them the message style version or the Samuel Giles version, but I'm going to keep it straight, you know, straight to the point, and I'm not going to add anything to it. But uh, So I was, we were just having a conversation, and I said, you know about David and Goliath, because we assume that everybody knows. Everybody grew up in church, right? And he's like, no. It's <laughs> like, man. So Lacey, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I wish this haircut was going to be a little bit longer, because it was going to be real quick what he asked for, but I got to give it to him. So, so I'm going to take my time with this haircut. So I shared the story of David and Goliath, and he was like, man, that's in the Bible. I've heard about the Bible, but I have never known those kind of stories was in it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You got to read it, man. And then I said, hey, man, so the haircut is over. and Now he's on the bench, in the waiting bench. And I said, I got to give you another one, man. You excited? Because I'm a little excited. So I started telling him about, um, did I say David and Goliath? And then I started telling him about Samson and Delilah. And he was like, man. He said, thank you for telling me those stories, man. You make me want to read the Bible. Now that does my heart good. Because for somebody to say that I never heard the word of God, to say that, hey, I got I to gotta get home and read. It's like that preview. You know, you see that preview and the trailers to a movie, and you're like, I'm going to see it. I, I'm sold. I'm going to see that movie. As soon as it comes out, I'm there. On the day of the opening, I want to see it. I want it to be added to that number that I receive something uh, that I can talk about at work. 
that I've received something I can share at the, uh, at the school. Like, did you see that movie? Did you see that movie, Scoop? Did you see that uh, Justice League? You feel me? Can we do that about God's word? Like every opportunity, the elder Otis hit it on the head. He was like every opportunity, but it's always coming. Now, I give my gift hats out to the Mormons, give my hats out to those Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because they out there grinding. They will ask you in a heartbeat. But as Christians that say that Jesus is my Savior, it's like, man, God, if you could just present the opportunity to me. If they come asking what must I do to be saved, then by all means, let me share something with you. But what about going out there, making your lifestyle Living your life in such a way that people would want to know what you got going on. That's testimony one. Uh, that's free because I wasn't even thinking about that. Testimony two is that, um, so I'm in uh, master, uh, master instructor school so I could be a, a barber instructor. I want to be a barber so I be able to teach other barbers and they can, so they can be business owners of their own. So I'm super excited about that. But uh, it's been a long journey. I did barber school eight months and then COVID happened. So that extended over to the year. And then I'm like, man, I'm a little bit bored about this. Now I'm in instructor school. It's supposed to be a quick four months. Then it extended to six months. And it just keeps getting pushed because of COVID days, because of snow days. And I'm, I was supposed to graduate March, just to give you an idea. I was supposed to graduate in March. And now I'm graduating May 10th. So I'm like, man, this, this, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was, uh. <laughs> Making that drive every Monday through Wednesday, Dane, I'm talking about, I have seen a lot of cars on the side of the road, but never, God has never forsaken me that I made it to school each and every day on time, and I've never been caught on the side of the road. Now, if it happens, so be that if I do get caught on the side of the road, I'll call you, but I think I got a spare, I'll be good. But I thank God for the opportunity that he was able to keep me safe on the roads, and God bless you guys that are always making that trip to go do that thing. Uh, but yeah, so it is, it's been taxing on me, but I'm less than uh, 30 days away. So I'm really glad about that. So, uh, last week I had, uh, my, uh, principal come to me at the school and he said, Hey Sam, uh, one of the instructors is supposed to do Wednesday through, uh, Wednesday through Friday. Uh, he's in Las Vegas. He got caught up in something. And so he won't be back. Can you do Thursday for me? At least Thursday. And I'm like, well, I know the material. Yes, sir. I will do it. No problem. I got to move some things around because Thursday is one of my haircutting days. and I don't want to miss that money and I'm not going to get paid for this day. But I was like, yes, sir, I'll do it. Uh, one day I will absolutely do it. So he came in. He said, thank you so much. I so appreciate you. So I went in Thursday and then I'm a little, dis- I'm a little distracted because now it's only two barbers that came to work or came to school that Sunday when it's usually way more. So, so I'm thinking to myself like, man, this is going to be a waste of my day, because I could have been in the barbershop. You know, so you know, you know, thinking is like I could have been doing something better. I could have been somewhere else. So I did throughout the whole day, and I did the training, and I trained uh, these two barbers that came because I don't want to waste their time because they came for school, right? right. And just because I don't want to be there, I can't uh, uh, deprive them of that education. So I did it. I did my due diligence, and then the principal called me in the office again today. I mean that day, that Thursday, and he said, "Hey, Sam." Um, I want to present a job offering to you. Um, um, the barber that is in Las Vegas getting caught up, he actually got thrown in jail, having a good time in Las Vegas. But um, he, uh, he said he's gonna, uh, not going to want to teach anymore. I want you to teach from now to December. And I'm like, man, that is awesome. Don't clap just yet. Um, 
So in my mind, I'm a new I'm a new business owner. I really want to get my business off on the ground in Thursday through Saturday, just as not gonna cut it. You know what I mean, Amanda? I need to be there the whole week so I can see how my finances are gonna be. So I was like, sir, I appreciate it. He, and he was giving me, he was laying it on thick too. Talking about like, hey, the clients love you, the staff loves you, you know the material. It seemed like a, just a perfect fit. And I'm like, no, sir, I appreciate it. I can't do it. I said, I got some goals that I want to reach and I want to share with you guys today. And I'm just, I'm purposed to do this thing. And I know that being here at the school, I know this is one of the things I love to do, but this is not going to be the place I'm going to do it. And he said, well, what are you going to do? Now, this is a time where you don't lay it out there. You don't know how it's going to be. So I said, well, sir, I really want a partnership with the high school there in Oak Harbor. They'll get a little cosmetology thing going so I can teach young people to get a trade early, not to wait till they're in their 30s and then they're looking for a new career. Give them opportunity early. Giving them opportunity early. So and so I told him about that. I told him I also wanted a partnership with um, like juvenile correctional facilities and cut hair so I can be able to mentor them, too, as well. And he was like, well. And the senior citizens uh, community, he's got the principal has a, a contract with three senior citizens in uh, Everett community. And so they come to there and they uh, they, uh, you know, they get a check from the uh, community centers to get their hair cut. So they all come in on every Wednesday and they just get their hairs all done up and everything. Thought it was an awesome idea. So that's what, that's what I want to do in Oak Harbor. I really want to impact the city and have the character that he placed inside of me. You know what I mean, Kathy Ann, to be able to witness to Jesus, because I'm thinking about opportunities. Now, if a check comes, I'll take the check, but it's an opportunity for us to share the word of God. So this Saturday, uh, welcome home. The community is right by the um, intermediate school out there in Oak Harbor. They called me uh, last week and they said, hey, we want you to come back. Our COVID scares are over. Come on back. So I was over there yesterday cutting hair. Such a great opportunity. I'll tell you some more testimonies about that on the back end. I don't want to waste the time because there is a word that God has. So as I told him all these, these ideas and these, these dreams that I've had, he said, huh, pulled out a card out of his dress drawer, and he says, hey, this is the Snohomish County, I think it's called Denny, uh, the juvenile corrections. They're looking for a barber. <laughs> I think that you would be a great candidate. Only call, it's only going to require you, Corey, one day a month. And they have a budget for a certain amount of money. I won't share that one, but praise God. And... Uh, he said, you, if you can do it, just go call him. And uh, I set up a meeting on Wednesday. So I'm going to do that once a month to do it. So I'm, I went in there getting a job offer, turned it down. And he said, I'm not going to let you out of here. So you know what I mean? The perspective is God said, I'm not going to let you out of here without an opportunity. And I said, thank you, God. And I'm thinking to myself, you're gonna be, he could be mad and say, you're going to work for me. I'm not going to tell you about this job. But he said, I'm so happy that you have plans and you have goals. I want to offer you another opportunity. And I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I love the opportunity. So more to come on that. I'm excited to tell you guys more about that. So if you would uh, also, is I want to say? Yeah, I want to say that. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so very much, Lord God, for allowing us, Lord God, this opportunity to be before your people, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to 
Decrease me, Lord God, and increase yourself, Lord God, that this word will go and be divided uh, every different way, Lord God, for each and every heart and mind, Lord God, that is in this place, Lord God, for those that are listening online, that you will uh, give out just what you would want to give out to the people, Lord God, that are listening in on this morning. And also, Lord God, let it be shared, Lord God, this message of being at the table, Lord God, so that they will know, Lord God, where they stand with you in relationship. And all these blessings we ask your son, Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. So I bring you greetings for everybody knows me here, so I'm not going to tell you, but I bring you greetings for Pastor David and Pastor Linda. He called me this morning. I want you to let you know that he loves you. Concurring with Elder Otis said, he's just uh, definitely getting the rest that they needed, and I'm really happy about that. And he says he loves you, and he'll be uh, listening in and uh, uh, logging on to watch us. So we love you, uh, Big Dave. We love you guys, and Big Lynn Lynn. I never called her that, but <laughs> what an opportunity. <laughs> all right so i got a question for you guys is that when you when people are searching for new relationships not just uh, intimate relationships but friendships uh partnerships what are they looking for what are they looking for when they are into new relationships what do you, and so i was uh talking to elder porter and we were talking about and we get to a point where it really boils down is like what do you bring what do you bring to the table what are you going to be offering in this relationship? And I've had lots of friends. I've had lots of uh, uh, relationships, and I still have some lots of great relationships. And when I think about these relationships, that each and every one brings something to my life. And if they have not, if they're not still in my life, it's because they weren't bringing anything in, into my life. You know what I mean? And so that, I hope that you guys have that same thing, is that when you think about relationships that you have right now, we have a, a varied reasons why people come, whether it be status, uh, some type of benefit, finance, security, specific uh, proportions of uh, specific proportions, which I thought was pretty amazing. Uh, there used to be uh, a standard since 1960 is what I found out is uh, 36, 24, 36. Anybody knows what that is? I was amazed that this thing was going on since 1960 because I was like, hey, ain't nobody really doing that, those numbers like that. And what I'm saying is that, you know, people comes in all shapes and sizes. And I said, if you think big picture, you think big picture, I mean, really, is that what it's all about? Because I would, I would hate to have the 36, 24, 36, and this be vacant up here. Or no skills or no home economic skills. Can I say that? Home economic skills to bring to the table because after a certain point in time, it gets old. It gets real old. And when it gets old and it starts to sag a little bit, then the 26s and the 36s turn to 54s and sometimes 17s. You kind of want to have something that was stable, right? Something that you can build on. And when you go into a relationship, it is so funny because some people just do it sorely out of love. I love you, and I just want to be your friend. Some people say that's dumb. I've heard it in a lot of marriage counseling that, hey, uh, why are you guys getting married? Oh, because we just love each other. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if that's going to last. Do you have any other basis? But then I think about God for love alone. Why does it work with God, but it doesn't always work with us as human beings? As we get tired of each other, tired of how we look, tired of the actions that they do to one another, and then we just like dismiss them like uh, yesterday's laundry. I don't know. But what about when we are searching for a relationship, when our, we are searching for a relationship with God? What do we bring to the table? What does God bring to the table? Everything. 
Oh my gosh. So be, I'm so glad to be in front of Christians because they know. I mean, what I love about it is that there is no fear here. It's that he's already told you what he can do. He's already showed you what he has done. So all you have to do is accept this love. And why is it hard? though? We have to ask this question. Why is it hard when a, when a savior of the world or when the creator of the world tells you that, hey, I love you? <laughs> Fellas, see, I know those men. They're going to be out there saying that they, they can uh, cross the deepest ocean for you, but it has never been done. Ariana, when he says, I'll climb the highest mountain for you, it has never been done. Not for love, maybe for adventure, but it has never been done. And God says, you know what? I'll walk across the raging sea for you. I'll climb the hill of Calvary for you. It has been done. So he says, hey, I've done all this. And here's the best part. Hurricane is that he didn't even ask you. I didn't even ask you if you wanted it or not. I did it for you in advance so that you could have a token, a good measure that this is what I'm about, Juliet. So that you will not have any doubt that when you come to me, that you know what you're going to get. Now, now we, we, we flake out, right? We flake out a little something, Brother Robert, and we say that, oh, my gosh, I want to live for you, God. And I want to be with you, God. But then again, there's some times when it's like it's hard. You're telling me to hold my tongue. I read your word, and I, I see what you did for King David. I see what you did for Moses, and I see what you did for, uh, for Noah. And I'm just like, man, what does that look like in this day and age? Yeah, maybe they didn't have the struggles that we had. They didn't have to work a nine to five like we had to work. They didn't have cars and they didn't have cars that break down. They didn't have issues like we had issues. But the issue is the issue, whether it be a car, whether it be a person, whether it be a home. It's just another issue, whether it be a burning bush, whether it be the armies trying to come at you, whether it be your family trying to kill you. The issue is still an issue. But what does the issue have to do with a relationship? Why does the relationship have to change? Well, baby, we ain't going to have no money this month. They didn't, David didn't pay me the right way, so we're going to be broke for another month. Why does that have to affect my marriage? Hallelujah. Well, we just lost our child, and I don't, I don't know. It's going to be a terrible thing. We lost our child. We had a miscarriage, but the relationship is still together. The issues are the issue, yeah. but leaving the issues as they are. And so, so I want to talk to you guys a little bit about David and Mephibosheth. And this is in Samuel's, uh, 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 2 Samuel 9. And I'm going to read 1 through 7 if you guys don't mind. And I'll be coming out the, uh, yeah, this is the King James. I don't know what version you guys have out there, but you guys can read along. And as I was reading, as I was reading this, uh, King David, it's one of my favorite, Hezekiah, absolutely favorite, one of my favorite uh, people in the word of God, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment, but I encourage you, each and every one, is I want you to read. I know we're in Proverbs right now for the Bible study, but when you get some free time, I want you to read First and Second Samuels. <laughs> I know that's a lot, but let me tell you, you it's a page turner. If you think like me, if you love God and you really want to see somebody that can relate to our issues, a David, a man after God's own heart, can still be able to see, uh, write these psalms and have his life recorded uh, in First and Second Samuel's, and he can really show you that even though we have flaws and we are faulty people, that we can still go after God with a tenacity, and that we can share and we can affect so many people by the way that we live, even though that we have been flawed. Yeah. So look at uh, so I want to give you a perspective from Mephibosheth and from David. So in a, in a nutshell, let me go ahead and read it, then I will get back into my, um, 
thing. It says, uh, this is the ninth chapter of 2 Samuel, starting at the first verse. And it says, and David said, is there yet any that is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a house of Saul, a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan has yet uh, a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amniel in Lodabar. Then the king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir and the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said to Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold, thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Yeah. I love this story. And so let me give you a little background and a little history. So uh, in those times that when, um, when kings took over thrones, that if there was another king from another family, if it wasn't your direct descendant taking over your throne, and it was coming from another type, a whole other family, that whole family that was the previous king had to be wiped out. So there would be no treason, no mutiny, or no overthrowing. So it was customary in that time for this to happen, right? So uh, it was, um, since it was customary, everybody from that family, either they fled on exile, they went on to uh, do other things, but they wanted to stay hidden because they didn't want to get wiped out. Now, fortunately, or unfortunately, King Saul, who was the previous king before King David, he was killed in war. And his son, Jonathan, which was the heir to the throne as well, was also killed in the war. And this was Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. So as soon as David took over the throne, they took Mephibosheth and then they began to run away with him because he said, hey, if David's king now, everybody in the family of King Saul is getting wiped out. All their stuff is taken because we got to wipe him out. So this grandson, Mephibosheth. He's taken and he's ran away. He's ran away to some far, uh, far land. And he happens to uh, the lady that was carrying him or the servant that was carrying him fell, hurt the child's feet as a little boy. And he became lame So from a child into a man. And then Mephibosheth hears that David is looking for him, King David. So now you can understand the fear that Mephibosheth has. Right. So he hears that King David is coming to look for him. And he says that it was so they, they find him. They bring him to the thing, king's table. And he says, this is Mephibosheth. So how would you feel? Hallelujah. I'm throwing myself at the mercy. Hallelujah. King, I'm throwing myself at your mercy. I fully expect to be wiped out. But maybe if I show some reverence, maybe if I show a little uh, respect for this king, maybe he will spare my life. Maybe he'll get a soft heart for this cripple that I am. Because I'm all broken. I'm all, I'm all tattered up and I'm not really useful for anything else, right? But maybe he can show just a little grace for me that I can just, I can just live. Spare my life. So he had so much reverence to, to come unto King David as he, as he was sent for. 
because it could go far worse. Am I right? Now, here's from the David perspective. King David was best friends with Jonathan, which was Saul's son. He was uh, mentored by King Saul, and King Saul had sometimes tried to kill David. He knew that David was going to replace him, so he was looking out for his son. That was one of his motives for killing David because he knew that David was going to replace him, and God had took his hands off of Saul. So now he's like, hey, I'm trying to preserve a kingdom for my son, and you being best friends with my enemy is a problem. So I want to kill him. And um, from David's perspective, he just loved it. He honored Saul all his time under his tutelage. And he loved his brother, Jonathan. And at one point, which I was, uh, I don't know why I got this later, but he was the son-in-law of Saul. He married his brother, Michael, after he killed Goliath because that was the prize. But you got to read the story to understand, right? So you got to read it. So it's just amazing. But then when David went into hiding because Saul was trying to kill him, and I don't want to tell you the whole story, you got to find out when you read First and Second Samuels, that um, Saul took his daughter away from Sam. I'm, I mean, David. I was like, that is crazy. How are you going to do that? This man is married. But well, I digress. So he, um, so from David's perspective now, so he said, you know what? I love the family, and I honored that man, and I loved uh, my brother Jonathan. We were kindred spirits. We loved, and there was no friendship truer uh, that I was recorded in the Bible that I know of. So uh, he says, you know what? I want to do something. Is there anybody left from my best friend's family that I can show kindness to? So he found one of the old servants, and he talked to him. That was Zeba that you, that you saw me read before. And he says, go fetch him. Bring him to my house. So when, when uh, Mephibosheth came, he saw that he was a tattered man. And you can imagine in those times, people that were lame and crippled, they were like rejects of the community. They didn't really get respected, and they were uh, sometimes on the side of the road. So I don't know exactly what its condition is, but history tells us that they were probably on the side of the road. They was panhandling, looking for stuff, or they, they, if they had a family, he found something that he could do, but he had to stay hidden so he could preserve his life. And so David sees him, and he says, like, what can I do? For this man, how can I show kindness? So he said, you will continually have a seat at my table. It blows me away. Because you know what I mean? I have came came for what I thought was going to be a death wish or a sentence of death. And he offers me a seat at his table. What does that look look like to you, Mr. Scott? That means that uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm getting the best of foods. You'll be right there. If I have uh, VIPs coming, Corey, to my house, you'll be right there. Whenever the dinner bell rings, and I don't know if there were dinner bells in that time, but when the dinner bell rings, you can, bring, you can hobble your little cell phone over because you got a place at my table. And not only that, if you read in the, 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 the last ending verses, he says, I'm going to restore all your land. A cripple and lame, broken. Can you relate to a man? That our lives are just broken sometimes. We come from all walks of life. And some of us, we might be doing okay, but that we, we, would, we didn't leave without any scars. We got some history, right? Things that we really don't want to share. Some testimonies that we ain't always been walking with Jesus, right? And when we were walking with Jesus, we probably failed a couple of times. But when I come to Jesus, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I'm not deserving. Is anybody in here deserving? Am I by myself? I'm a faulty man, and I know that he knows at any given moment I'm a fall. 
I like this song, Mary, Mary. It's like, I'm so flawed, and you know I'm going to fall, but you, you catch me. Blesses my heart because I can, I can, that's my life. I can see that. I can see myself on the cross when I said, yeah, this man did nothing. We deserve what we get, but he didn't do nothing. We deserve it. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. He told the guy on the cross, what did he tell him? That I'll see you in heaven. Goodness gracious, how did I know? I thought this was going to be the end. But he said, I'm going back with him in glory. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? He already showed us what he's bringing to the table. So this king of Jerusalem, uh, he was imperfect. This representative of this ideal theocratic king. He knew the struggles, sorrow, sin, but he also experienced God's persistent love. In his imperfections and repentance of this, and the search of God, David was someone that we all can identify with. And what I really love is that through his, he, he knew that he was imperfect. And when he made a mistake, he repented and he continued to search for God. Isn't that a blueprint of what we can do on a regular basis? Instead of wallowing in our sin or instead of continuing in our sins, turn away, repent, and still see God because it brings us out. In First and Second Samuel, we see that no matter how great David's triumphs were, no matter how he failed, no matter how deep his despair, God's love was always with him. This is one of the reasons I definitely want you to read. You should read the whole word. But somebody in here needs to hear this today, that no matter what, his love does not change. He showed you. He's prepared the table before you that you would not have a doubt in your mind what he is offering you. And a, uh, a common thread in these two God is, is his unending faithfulness to his people. And for Mephibosheth, a crippled descendant of a fallen destiny, and it was custom for an overthrown king, like I said before, and his descendants to be wiped out if another king would take over. So there would be no mutiny or treason or family members trying to take back this throne. So this grandson who, had, who David had replaced was fearful and rightfully so. He gets word that King David was looking for him and not knowing uh, what was going to happen for him. So your table. I want to talk to you about your table. What do you have to offer? Yes, I know and I absolutely agree with the Bible says in Isaiah, it says that our life is our, our righteousness. is nothing but filthy rags. When we look at our table, if we were presented before the Lord, it would not look like a spread as Jesus would. All we can show is a bunch of incomplete meals. When I think about myself, I probably have some mustard. A ketchup packet, probably a couple of fries, some uh, salty mashed potatoes. I'm just, I'm just, uh, just speculating here. It just would not be something that I would want to invite the creator of this world to. What do I have to offer? And then, it, it, then he told us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So if he is creating us and he made us for his purposes, well, it behooves us, Ariana. It behooves us to present to him exactly what he gave us. What is that, Sarita? I'm glad you asked. It's time. It's our time. It's our talent. It's our resources. It is our devotion. 
How's the table look for you now? Can you give your time? It's his. Can you give your talent, the gifts that he's given you? It's his. Our devotion. Well, hold on. Our devotion. Wait a minute. I don't know. How long does that take, Sam? How long does that take? Do you mean like a couple of minutes a day, uh, a chapter here and there, a little, a little prayer? It's devotion. And I'm asking you guys to build it up. I'm challenging you guys to build it up. Maybe it begins right there. Maybe it is a chapter a day. Maybe it is a scripture a day. Maybe it is a 30 minutes or 10 minutes before you walk out your house. Baby steps if you need baby steps. But if you've been walking with the Lord a little bit, if you're still in diapers, there's a problem. You understand what I'm saying? There should be some growth. Maybe when you first get saved, you can, you can do one of these numbers. Has anybody ever done this? And I'm going to read. It's pretty good for your first time. But if you've been there for a while, you should have it open and ready for the next chapter you're reading. Taking notes. Because you want to get to know this creator that, you've, that you said that you serve. When it comes to prayer... Set the table that what you're offering is deserving of who he is. And then the table changes. Ketchup packet's gone. I've replaced it with a nice little pasta sauce. The noodles are cooked. And then, you know what I mean, the hard noodles are not in there with the soft noodles. It's a nice little pasta. And I can't say it. It has to be him. I want to say I want to let out a good spread. And you know what? I'm not done. I'm absolutely not done. I'm starting to add meat to it. You know what? I can't wait till I get the crazy bread, not the crazy bread, but the French bread included in that meal. So that when I present something to him, that it'd be a sweet smelling savior. And he won't be like, did you burn something, Sam? No, this is this is delicious what I'm offering him because I love him. And he so often every meal has provided for me a beautiful spread at the table. I think about. Uh. I wanted to give you this warning because I was, oh, well, God wanted you to have this warning, is that we need to be careful. When we say we bring stuff to the table, and I, I gave you a good analogy of this pitiful spread that I had, is that we, 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 we would not dare say that I'm giving God this. But God, I've been paying my tithes all my life. I deserve something. I don't miss a Sunday unless it's snowing and the pastor shut down the church. I'm always there. I'm always sitting on the front row and nobody better take my seat. Is this what we offer in God? That we, this, this feeling of entitlement, like we should be here. I got tenure here. I've been with this church for 20 years. I deserve something, God. This is what I'm preparing for you. Now, if we won't say it out loud, <laughs> some of us, we will just show it in our actions. Like when somebody sits in our seat, we give them a dirty look. I'm going to come to church early next Sunday so they won't take my seat. I know it's not going on in this church, but it's going on somewhere. Yeah. Or when they say that, hey, hey, you can't sing this Sunday, but I've been, I've been a part of the team for a long time. Why can't I sing my song? You don't like my song? I'll take my talent somewhere else if you don't want to like my song. You know what? You don't deserve my song. Wait a minute. It's not my song. It's not my voice. It's not my opportunity. It's all belong to him. I need to change the way I look at things. I'm gonna say, I know that you told us to give a tenth, Lord, but 
You know, the bills is tight this time, and I want to make sure. I know, I'm get, I know I'm getting coffees every day, but I know that. But you know my heart, Lord. I need this coffee to get up every morning. I know I didn't need to get oh, buffalo wings that day, but I could have pitched a little bit so that I can give you what you deserve. We won't say it. We won't say it outright, but our actions say it all the time. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel any way. Just use these four examples. I'm talking about me. I'm not a coffee drinker. I like buffalo wild wings, but I want to make sure that I give God his due. And if you're slacking in any of these areas, tighten them up. Go back and keep searching God. It is not here, not here to condemn you or make you feel it. I just want to present a truth to you, to open your eyes to what you are spreading before the Lord. What are you showing him? What are you really telling God when you, you nitpick about little stuff? I really, it really burdens my heart. And I want to share a little thing. It brought me to tears. I heard about a friend that she was a Sunday school teacher at a certain church. And uh, they saw her on the church. Some of the members of the church saw her on Facebook, saw her with tattoos. And uh, she was a Sunday school teacher. So they asked her to step down as a Sunday school teacher. She had been two years clean from running the streets and doing uh, drugs and alcohol. And uh, I, I, saw, I knew her testimony. So I was really excited to hear that she, after two years, she cleaned up her life and she was a Sunday school teacher. And these Christians in this church said, hey, we don't want you representing as a Sunday school teacher in my church, in our church. In our church? Broke my heart. Because they had not considered that she was just excited to give something to God. She wanted to serve in his kingdom to thank him for bringing her out of almost 20 years of drugs and promiscuity and all this mess and brought her out of the muck and the miry just so that her brothers and sisters could tell her that she's not worthy. When he said, you are worthy. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't care how many years you've been out there in the streets. I don't care how many men or women you've been with fearfully and wonderfully made that he can use you somebody needs to hear it stop looking up at yourself stop looking in the mirror and seeing the same old person and see what God sees ask him to remove the scales from your eyes so you can stop looking at what the devil wants you to see each and every day I'm not where I need to be but I'm not where I was I'm presenting to you like myself Lord this is your talent this is your time this is your devotion. Yeah. I'm just giving it back to you. And if any time you feel like you don't want, if you feel like you don't need God, I suggest you stop breathing. Hold your breath for as very long as you can. You don't need the breath, right? And like Mephibosheth, we are all coming in our lame states. And I, well, I, would, I would admonish you. If there is some area in your life where you feel like I am deserving of anything other than the hell's fire. I ask you just to get on your knees. Present yourself like Mephibosheth did. and said, I am here. Your servant for whatever, whatever you want. Because I know my life could be taken. I know that I deserve customary, that I should be dead, and that you came to take my life. And then I come to find out that you sent your son to die for me? He took the whips. He took the walk to Calvary. Thorns, thorns for me? Whips for me? I should be dead. 
I should be dead. And I, my legs don't work. They get heavy when you want me to do things. But for me, Thank you, Jesus. you didn't even ask me. But you know what I needed. And thank you just don't seem like enough. Okay, you want this life? You want me to sit at your table? I'm there. I'm eating everything that you put before me. Vegetables, I don't like them all, but I'm going to eat them. Because I am appreciative of the seat that you have prepared for me. Everybody in the house, I don't know who this is for, but everybody in the kingdom knows where Mephibosheth sat. Everybody knows that's his seat. Because that's where God placed him. That's where God placed you. Everybody knows where your seat is. That's why, this, that's why the sinners, those who have no, not known God, will tr- try to correct you when they know that you're not doing what you have been called to do. You don't live like that, Sam. Why are you cussing like that, Sam? You, you better than that, man. I've never seen you do that. Goodness gracious. He's right. I was just, uh, was this Friday? Friday, a gentleman came. He uh, was referred to me by another barber, and he couldn't get him. So he came to me, and he was, he was all over the place. He was funny. I don't know if he was strung up on anything, but he had a spirit about him, I'll tell you. And uh, um, I'm careful not to say just a spirit about him, but he just had this something about him, but he was all out the wall everywhere. So he came in there, and then I began to uh, cut his hair, gave him a nice shave, and then he began to relax a little bit, David. And then this dude said, man, I see it all on you. He said, you can't even get away from him. And I'm like, man, what is this dude talking I knew what he was talking about. I'm like, how did he know? He don't know me from Adam, but he knew. God knows because he prepared that place for you. He knows. Let us stand. If there is absolutely anybody that has heard this word and they have a desire to prepare that table, and if you thought that, man, maybe what I got is the same old thing that Sam had, this little bitty little ketchup packet and the juice ain't even delicious. I had this uh, one gentleman, I used to cut his grass for him. He was an older gentleman and one of the sisters at our church. And she said, my dad needs help uh, with his yard. And I was go over there and didn't expect anything from it. I just went over to cut his grass and be done with it. And one day he brought me into his house. And he said, I'm going to feed you the word of God, man. I'm just so glad that you come and cut my grass. And I'm like, man, I just want to go home. I'll do my thing and go. But he made me sit down and he would share the word of God with me. And I think he was in his 70s, a really great man. And then he, uh, then next time I came around, he fed me. And I was really not wanting to eat because I was like, he's an old guy. He probably got some nasty food. You know, I was, but he sat me down and gave me the word. And one day, I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why, but he thought that apple juice was delicious if you just put applesauce and water together. And uh, he served that to me. Woo! And you know you had your minds prepared for apple juice and then you feel the little grains in there and I'm like, just give me the word, man. Just give me the word. But he prepared it for me and uh, although I didn't receive it, I want you to receive it today. What's set before you so that you can prepare something at the table for the Lord. What is this table that, what does this table represent in, a, in our lives? This is the relationship. This is the relationship that you, are, you have with your father. That when you come to the table, you're coming into a relationship with a true and living God. And that there may be some times when you are not 
feeling worthy enough to do it. But do like David. He can relate that he continued to repent and he continued to seek God until God put the moniker on him. He's a man after my own heart. A man after my own heart. Why? Because he knew his mistakes. He was willing to own up to him and not blame anybody else and then come to him and continue to seek him. It's like I'm not getting a whooping by God and then I repent and then I don't want to talk to my dad for a while because I'm still sore that he whooped my butt. It's like, no, right after the whooping, give me a hug. Right after the correction, I said, yeah, you're right. Thank you. I needed that. And just keep moving forward. If your table is not the way you want it to be, I want you to come and let's pray together. I'm going to keep it as generous as that. If you know that your table has, has these, these, these idiosyncrasies that you need to f- let fall by the wayside, there's a feeling of an entitlement that you thought that you had to be a certain way and you're not appreciative of what God has called you to do. If it has been where you have felt like, oh my gosh, Lord God, this is too hard for me. I want you to come. I want to pray for you. I'm in no rush. That's why I keep my sermon short so that God can do his work. I really want you to get this. I really want you to examine yourself. And if, even if you don't want to come up here, examine yourself right there at your seat. Ask God to help you. Present yourself. Put yourself in the position of Mephibosheth. And say, God, here am I. I am ready to be placed. I'm ready to sit where you want me to sit. And I will take it. And I won't cower away from it. I want to be like, I don't know if I'm deserving this. You want me to come today again? I was there yesterday and I sat there and I enjoyed the meal, but I just don't feel like I'm worthy of this seat. He said, boy, I don't got to tell you no more. If I say this is your seat, this is your seat. I don't have to put your name on it because everybody knows this is your seat. And I don't want to see it empty. God does not want to see that seat empty. This is where he calls you. And elders, if you would come and help me pray. What are you bringing to the table? At the table. It's been spread for us. And it is time. It is your opportunity today. I'm just going to pray. And as you guys would just come and pray along with me. Father God, I just thank you so very much, Lord God. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord God, in the lives of your sons and daughters, Lord God. Not only those who have uh, come up here, Lord God, to to uh, outwardly confess and outwardly, Lord God, to make the commitment, Lord God, to return back to you and present to you something, Lord God, that is worthy of your name. But even those, Lord God, that are watching online, those, Lord God, that are in the pews all over the world, Lord God, we are asking you, Lord God, to help us, Lord God, Focus upon you, that our focus would be upon you and that we would present ourselves to you. Broke, lame, and lazy, Lord God. However we see ourselves, Lord God, that we don't want to see ourselves again, Lord God, like we see ourselves. We are asking you, Lord God, to remove the scales from our eyes, that we can see, Lord, like you see us, Lord God. That we would walk out in the things that you have called us to walk out in, Lord God. And we would not be fearful, Lord God, when you call us to a place, Lord God, that we think that we we were not deserving of, Lord God. You You made us worthy, Lord God, and you purposed our hearts and minds. You've purposed our whole life for the moments, Lord God, that will be before us, Lord God. And help us to embrace it, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, as the fellowship, Lord God, that when the land comes to us, that we will not turn it away, Lord God. When the blood
what you have for us. And we would say yes and amen to your will. Yes and amen to your word, Lord God. have presented before you. Let us present this to you, Lord God, but we've held back the best, Lord God. Let us have a mindset and a giving heart like Abel that you will get the best. It is yours. I love you. Each and everything, Lord God. I love I guarantee you. The church say amen. I guarantee I you. You will see the change in your life when you begin I to give God what is deserving you. in his name. I love I guarantee you. I've lived it. Continue to live it. Like many of us have. I love God does not fail. God does not fail. I want you, I want you, Lord, I want If you can uh, make sure you got that in, we would really appreciate that. And the Appreciation Weekend will consist of celebrating the church on Saturday, June 5th, and celebrating the pastors June 6th. Amen. Please... Mark this event on your calendar and uh, make sure also not only just mark it on your calendar, but uh, be ready to participate and make that uh, huge. Uh, Our pastors deserve it. Our church deserves it. And so let's all come and be a part. Amen. Amen. Besides that, everybody have a great Sunday and an amazing week. Porter said we're dismissed.
blessings, blessings, blessings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be blessings on blessings. Favor. In my hands, yeah. In my hands, yeah. yeah. More, oh, more, more than enough. Surely. Yes, sir. He's following me. He will support. You got it for the favor. Blessings, blessings. 